jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Well, hello everyone. Uh, hello. Sit down. Don't be creepy with people. What's creepy about this, Stacey? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what's creepy. Huh? Well, I mean, last week we did all that fisting talk. <laughs> and ruminations on the fisting amongst the straight populace. And I have to say, we've had a lot of straight people chime in. A lot of straight, uh, a lot of straight people chiming in to let us know not their own personal predilections. But things they've heard in the communities we've had uh <laughs> people in general chime in we're this is true we have data now we've been getting a full, and thank you all I mean, we posed the question to you all and you you were generous enough to give it back give us the answers that we requested um we have essentially our own focus on the family sex graph <laughs> <laughs> But but for straight listeners and whether or not they practice fisting and or want to hear about it from uh, gay people. And y'all are pretty open-minded, cool people. More open-minded than us, arguably. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's good to know people's pet pervs. Yeah. Is that a thing? Pet pervs? Pet pervs. I love it. Like pet peeves, it should be, right? It's really cute. It's cute. I think you should. You just invented that. You know what? It's a gold boss thing. You wouldn't understand. Everyone, timestamp, copyright, copyright, circle, TM sign, circle R registered. It it happened here at Pet Pervs, got trademarked here and now on Gaylords of Darkness. It sounds too cute for like a lot of what might qualify. Yeah, someone, well, Jeffrey and I love handcuffs. And then they get to Belinda and she says. My pet (laughs) perv. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's very proud. My pet (laughs) perv. My pet perv involves dead bodies. (laughs) Okay, Belinda, thank you. (laughs) Why are we here talking about this? What is this meeting? Oh no! Yeah. So, so thank you again. I know I say this just about every week, but thank you, listeners, for your patience with us. Thank you. Last week we did an episode about Diablo Four, a video game, and y'all were rather receptive to that as well. A couple of listeners, a few of you, actually suggested that we have video game spinoff episodes, like we have Real Housewives of Darkness or Gaysterpiece Theater. Like that. And call it Game Lords of Darkness. Oh my god. A couple of people suggested that, and I was like, I cannot believe that that never crossed my mind or yours, Anthony. Ever. Well, and especially when there's already the, a good title right there, and really the only reason we do anything is a d- good title. Build the project around the title. Yes. But I've said on this show before that I just don't, I don't have that beauty parlor brain. That comes up with the puns, you know? That's true. Sheer magic. <laughs> Stuff like that. I just don't, I can't do it. Even when I try, it's just pathetic. 
I see. I love you. You in the past. This has been addressed in the past episode. The beauty parlor brain, and it did inspire an illustration by our friend Maddie. But uh, when you described this before, like I swear you just talked about like how beauty parlors always have fancy puns, and I just went along with that. But I I feel like sheer <laughs> magic is the first like real illustration <laughs> that I've been given into <laughs> into what shapes a beauty parlor brain. See, well, that's the thing is people they call it sheer elegance or whatever, but S H E A R because it's scissors. So the beauty parlors are almost always named like that. Except I will say I did pass one like a week ago. I saw there's a hair place in town here, oh, no. and it's it's just oh, called no. it's just called Hair Update. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like, first of all, it's got to be for nerds. Like, just no nonsense. One hair update, please. I need a new patch. <laughs> Jack into the system. <laughs> yeah, it's your it's your dot com for murder cyber hair cafe. <laughs> now, see, the problem is, is I would go there and try to make that joke, and they would be like. Get out of here. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm downloading a hair update. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make modem noises or whatever. Ma'am, why are you nude? <laughs> You've got hair. <laughs> oh. Oh. I love hair update. <laughs> Technically, every place is a hair update, right? Like I guess so, but none none has the, process. the gall to say it. They just stayed at plain. No hair update. Hair update. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of incredible. It's it. so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, I love it. Well, we've talked about beauty salons. And just touched on fisting. A, 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 a glimmer of fisting. But uh, this is what happens when it's We Saw Mama Moo in concert month, I suppose. It's true. It's true. What else is there to talk about? Like uh, the Supreme Court taking all of our rights away on the last day of Pride Month. Right? <laughs> Mama Moo's power only extends so far. I know. I know. But today. Today. Oh, no. Oh. Today we're at, first of all, today we're talking about a fucking horror movie. Could you Is imagine? that crazy? Is that crazy that we're actually going to focus not on Mamamoo, not on a video game? Can you imagine? But in keeping with We Saw Mamamoo in Concert Month, today we are talking about a Korean horror film, 2018. Ganjam! Haunted Asylum. 15 years ago. Uh, Anthony, why are we talking about this movie in particular today? Doesn't Solar love this? Yeah, she does. It's one of her favorites. Now, her favorite is The Conjuring. Yeah. Um, but we've already done an episode on it, and also we just can't go down that road. (laughs) Ever again. No, I mean, I know there's more Conjurings, but my lord, life is short, you know. And she only cites, she only cites the first one. Yeah, and she loves all the Annabelles. We've done all the Annabelles. And the animal she loves, the handmaiden. Go figure. Oh, could you imagine? But we've already done that. A lesbian horror-tinged thriller. I mean, 
why would she enjoy that? I don't know. I don't know. I can hear the bells. <laughs> and she loves Ganjim Haunted Asylum, which I say, of course, of course. I mean, well, well I was going to say the queen has good taste, but then I'm thinking about all the <laughs> Conjuring movies that she loves. But, 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 but Solar, horror loving queen, loves this movie because it's a great movie. This was very popular in Korea. I will say this. This is a very successful film. So have you guys seen this one? You've probably seen this one, right? Have you? I feel like most discerning, astute uh, viewers, horror viewers have seen this, right? Whether you're into, because there's kind of two great entry points. One, it's Korean horror, which who doesn't love K-horror? Jerks only. Thank you. Two, it's found footage, motherfucker. It's one of my favorite. Well, we all know this. I don't need to say this anymore. Love found footage. Yeah, so may I think it's pretty popular amongst just the general horror fandom. Gunjam just is every other found footage movie that's ever been made. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was never more aware of this than watching it last night. Yeah. But I still had a great time. Yeah, it struck. This is not the first time I've seen this. I've seen this before. Um, and it kind of hit me the first time as I was like, I really like that. It had There's some stuff in it that's very, very scary hits all the marks like found footage sometimes is just a checklist of things like do we have okay so we have the in the car driving to the location scene yes mm-hmm. do we you know like it's well and what Ganjam does that i think is is fun and and gives you a, a new reason to watch not that you need it not that i ever need a new reason to watch a found footage because i will watch the same drivel over and over and over uh what I like about this one is that it's a live stream, mm-hmm. which has become more popular now in the last like three years, especially with found footage. I think with with the combination of um, the pandemic and like lockdown and just the affordability of making a found footage film, like you know we got host and Deadstream and uh, dashcam, dashcam, and oh, there was another one that it's 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 a guy just playing a video game, uh, it, but it's like. There's, that's become such a thing, but I feel like Ganjam Haunted Asylum was one of the earlier ones to make it like, this is a, this is horror times on YouTube and you're watching the stream and it's cool. Mm -hmm. So then you're taking all these elements that we, you know, like this is Blair Witch. This is, uh, Grave Encounters, which is, was Grave Encounters found footage? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was modeled on, like, when, before live streaming, when it was TV shows. In, like, the horror bro era, when we yeah. started to have TV shows that were, like, ghost investigators. Yeah, some Zach Baggins. Yeah, Baggins. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we had that period of found footage horror, where it was, like, we're making a show. Like, even something, I mean, Halloween Resurrection is really the first one to do live streaming, probably. Honestly, isn't it nuts? It's amazing that Halloween Resurrection is so groundbreaking in its own way and yet such a piece of shit and so poorly executed that it's awful because it really, it's one of those things where it's kind of like Last Broadcast versus Blair Witch. Like, yeah, maybe this one came first, but this one took your piece of shit and like perfected the formula. Yes. And so other movies have done that since Halloween Resurrection. But whenever I think about Halloween Resurrection, first I get angry at that fresh fennel. But then (laughs) I start thinking like it was a new concept. Yeah. But then the ghost investigators, like those shows became popular on like on 
every fucking network had their ghost investigation shows and like, oh, the world's scariest places. Oh, and yeah. all of that. And then that naturally influenced found footage where yep. it's just like, I could just watch the show. Yep. <laughs> you know, they're kind of the same thing. And then the eventual democratization of that with YouTubers going in and doing it and being shitty and annoying, just talking heads that go into haunted forests and, you know, just cause trouble. Suddenly now we have a precedent for turning it into a found footage horror film set on a streaming service. So that's Gontum. That's what this movie's doing. Uh, Gontum Asylum is a real place. It is? It was a real place in Korea, yeah. Is it? Wait, so is CNN's list of the seven freakiest places real? Uh, I'm not sure if that list is real, but it has been listed on those types of lists as oh, being wow. one of the scariest places. And I guess there was some kind of lawsuit when this movie came out that the people who owned the land and the, the property were like, we're never going to be able to sell this now because, you know, you've, <laughs> you're giving it a bad name. Yeah, people get trapped in water dimension. Yeah, and you know, so they tried to, to prevent the movie from coming out or whatever, but the court ruled in the film's favor, and then the building got torn down anyway. So they didn't film this at the location; they filmed it at a high school, I guess. Um, but they did what recreate? They recreated the floor plan of the asylum. That's really wicked cool that they transformed a broken down old high school into that because I, I had no idea. It looks so authentic. It really does. Like the sets, I mean, are one of the most arresting things about this movie. It's really, I mean, anytime you have a dilapidated um, environment that was formerly used to contain people, it's upsetting. <laughs> it just kind of lends, I know you have stories about that. I have stories about that. <laughs> and it, it's an entire genre of film. Oh, yeah. It always feels like, and maybe it's just our minds, like, projecting things. But anytime you go into a, a space like this, where it's like a lot, whether it's a hospital or a mental hospital or whatever, it's like, oh, a lot of people really suffered here. Mm -hmm. You can't help but feel that there's some kind of bad energy just attached to a place. Like, not take it too woo-woo, but. Well, I think, I think, you know, this might be completely off everything but i think that's part of the draw of the um it's been in the news lately but the titanic <laughs> it's like looking at those creepy images of it just sitting at the bottom of the sea and you're like there were people in there anytime you see a dilapidated thing that says like there were once people here and now it's busted i think there it triggers some kind of thing within us where it says oh we're soon i will be just as dilapidated as that ship at the bottom of the ocean or this horrifying insane asylum etc it's interesting when it's a place where atrocities or suffering have occurred that is like it's a, it's a fine line between like people will go explore the abandoned insane asylum or the abandoned smallpox hospital or whatever and maybe they would explore if they were allowed but then you have like oh here's you know the mass graves or the killing fields in Cambodia or something like that, where it's like almost the same kind of curiosity or bad energy, et cetera, et cetera. But one place is treated very respectfully as it should be, obviously. But then you have this other place where it's like, Oh, Zach Baggins, is there a ghost here? Oh my God. That's so scary. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess, I mean, with, was it, 
was it PewDiePie? I don't want to say any of the name, <laughs> but like, was it him or was it a different like shitty YouTuber that went to the forest? Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think Jake Paul. Uh, I, I guess it's different in that case because like they literally found a, a deceased person and we're like, oh, bah, 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 bah. yeah, he went to the suicide forest in Japan. Yes. And was just acting like your typical American YouTuber. Yeah. The Suicide Forest that was made famous by the American film starring, what's her name? From the Natalie Walking Dormer. <laughs> oh, that was Natalie Dormer? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Even, I, <laughs> I've talked about this in some movies that I've reviewed. I reviewed a shitty fucking found footage movie that was based on the Alyssa Lamb footage. Yep. That was, that came out of the Cecil Hotel or Hotel Cecil, whichever way they say it, in Los Angeles, where a woman was clearly going through some kind of mental distress, and she went into the elevator and was freaking out. And then, well, while like a week later, two weeks later, or something like that, other guests in the hotel were like, our water is black oh, God. and smells really bad. And it turns out that she had, was in the water tank on the roof of the hotel. And full died. dark water situation. Yeah. And so somebody made a shitty fucking found footage movie based on that. And it's it's just like, it's always, when it's real people and real events and real places and things, there's, I don't know, there's, what am I saying, I guess? But it's like, oh, if I like it, it's okay. But if I don't like it, it's not okay. But I just, I feel like, I don't know, there's a way to treat these things with respect or something. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that in that specific way because I was right with you where I'm like this, like, please just fucking let Elisa Lamb rest. Uh, we don't need this footage all over the internet. We don't need horror movies about it. We don't need TV specials about it. We don't need it tying into American Horror Story Hotel. We don't, you know, we don't, which all of those things happened within like four, two, two, within one to five years of her death. But at the same time, like there is a level of that mythologization that happens with with stories of hauntings, right? Where it's like you are, it is rooted in a real life tragedy or something awful happened. I, I like the, I don't know the whole all the Madame Lalaurie shit down in New Orleans, and like all the slaves she brutally murdered. <laughs> like I mean, that's been turned into horror. The Saint Francisville experiment, a Kathy Bates played her in American Horror Story, and like I'm eating that shit up, but also what's the difference i guess there's what's the difference there's There's... the passage of time maybe there's the fact that the aura around elise lamb feels much more current because we saw the footage of her suffering i think a lot of it is is definitely the passage of time like she was still a very young woman who still has family in another country and they don't know what happened to their daughter and i'm sure they don't want this footage of her in crisis mode splayed all over the internet like it just feels very disrespectful and it's like so do but then it's like do i feel like a hundred years from now i'd be okay with it yeah you know what i mean or like or something like gondom where or session nine same thing where it's like this is a real place and real people were really suffering here but is it because they're all kind of nameless that I think it's okay? It's not any one particular person's story. And so then I... Uh, yeah. There's a sense of removal? Am I just a hypocrite? Especially especially with asylum stuff. I mean, because there there is an act of othering. 
right where it's like this is this is not a human being this is um a medicated like naked one of one million people shoved in a room together they like their property of the state essentially like this is like a prisoner um and people get divorced from their identities from their stories from their real life suffering like we just it it it, it, it's kind of like oh factory farming it's fucked up um so I, i guess there is a level of othering where we just accept that that is the case and uh, but but then i mean but at the same time i don't know like those are these are the people that like i mean wasn't it geraldo that went into that pen- or that asylum and did that special yeah back when he wanted to be an actual journalist like it's uh which was also dramatized dramatized by american horror story in season two but like that um that kind of thing i think it, it forced people to really confront the reality right i think people do, like when we still had these kind of places people didn't really know like either you didn't know anybody attached to it or you just dropped off your mentally disturbed uh, sibling or whatever and that was the end of it and people didn't know what was going on inside that this place was built to hold 200 people and it's currently housing 5,000 yeah that's that was why it was so shocking when that report came out but like I don't know I guess the difference like with Jake Paul in the, in the suicide forest filming a, a, a person who was alive and is no longer alive and pu- interacting with their body on camera and whatever on a youtube stream for money i guess because of because of everything i just said that is somewhat different than zach baggins going into an asylum and being like and this is where they, the director played ping pong and whatever like but i guess the answer is we're all pieces of shit there you go <laughs> told him exactly what this movie's about yet i know we got in this like massive ethical debate (laughs) so even if this was totally like fake asylum oh no you know it would still i think there are still questions about like how are we presenting what what is going on even something like house on haunted hill right like i mean total carnival ride but that puts the spin and makes the the staff and the doctors the evil ones yeah versus is there a patient who is like i'm crazy and i'm gonna get you yeah i know it's there's always questions and sometimes i wish i was just like uh, i don't know i don't know just didn't think about things i just enjoyed a movie and just like yeah it's wicked <laughs> rip her tits off <laughs> oh god <laughs> Maybe not that far. You want to be the Terrifier fan. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to be that, but it sure seems easier. No, they have those. I've met the Terrifier fans. They have fun. They like movies. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. And then I go, oh, really? Oh, I have ethical qual. And then they've they've already left. Yeah, they've left the booth. They've left. They're off fucking meeting people (laughs) being cool. Yeah. But, you know, it's that thing. It's, it's. I guess, with any of these questions, it's like, well, okay, so what is depicted? Who benefits from it and why and how? You know, and um, I think it's it's possible to tell those stories in a way that's, like, championing the facts. I mean, in, in a similar way to Geraldo actually once having journalistic integrity and going into that site and being like, there are horrible things happening to these people. It's not, it's not, look at these freaks. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Being a... Uh, abused like it wasn't a carnival i don't think it was carnivalesque in that way no not at all it was to help them and to stop this from happening um 
Yeah, Nellie Bly wasn't like, oh my god, you guys, <laughs> I wanted the asylum and it was fucking wicked! And there were people there and they were so crazy! It was like, like <laughs> let's talk about what's <laughs> But imagine if that was what you did. Oh, incredible. <laughs> but it was, you know, let's let's bring this to light so that we can change it. And these, yeah. people, these people deserve respect and, and humane conditions. Yeah. So with this, I don't know how much of the history they present of this place in the movie is true. Oh, like the director who was so bad and hanged herself. I think that's made up shit, but it was a real place. And probably wasn't great because none of these places are great. Does anyone ever come out of an asylum and they're like, oh, I oh, feel I refreshed. Feel... <laughs> like Blanche Dubois, she couldn't to go in that asylum so what is this about at least let's get we'll get back to the ethical quandaries after we at least tell people what it's about right, right. there's stuff in the movie that happens uh so there is a youtube-esque horror channel called horror times i love horror times um and they do live streams from scary places you have hajun is the guy running the show over there oh he's a hot piece of shit <laughs> He's got his crew. They recruit uh, also three young women as volunteers oh. to go with them. Jihyun, Ayun, and Charlotte. Charlotte? Charlotte's great. They're all great. I love them. They're I really love angels. Them. So uh, Charlotte is a dancer. Her family's over in the States, but she's in Korea like to, with her dance squad to do dancing. Uh, and Jihyun, I assume, is a lesbian. Oh, everyone assumes. Yeah. <laughs> Jace was like, I love that they paired um, Charlotte with, like, the soccer less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Um, okay, so they are going to go spend the night in Ganjam. This is uh, an abandoned asylum. Uh, it has been abandoned for decades. It closed, supposedly, in 1979. There were uh, a lot of suicides from the patients in the place and then the director disappeared and supposedly also committed suicide people aren't sure if the patients were actually murdered or it wasn't suicide we don't know what we do know is there is a room inside the asylum room 402 that is always locked it's the only locked door in the building people go in they try to get into room 402 uh, and they disappear or they come out and they lapse into a coma and then they die. No one knows. Like the movie begins with you see these two high schoolers trying to break into room 402 and then their footage gets all weird and maybe there's a ghost in the background and then they're never heard from again. They disappear. And so that's why uh, Horror Times is going to go and check this all out. So they go up after dark. They set up their tent, like their mission control tent in the woods and then Hajun is going to stay in the tent and monitor things as it's going the rest of them are going to go inside try to get into room 402 um the other two dudes from horror times have kind of pre-staged a few things a little it's a little uh hell night-esque mm-hmm. where there are some things set up like there's a they're doing a psychic ritual in the director's room where they're going to call the ghosts and they've set that up and it's supposed to be fake, but then guess what? It works. It really happens. Of course there are ghosts. Things happen. 
everybody dies. <laughs> you don't want them all to die because you like most of them. I yeah. like everybody. Even Hajun, who, like, as it goes, oh. and people are like, we're going to leave. We are, you know, upset about this. We're going to go. We're getting out of here. And he's like, no, 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 because they're numbers, because people are watching a live stream and there's scary stuff happening. So he's concerned about keeping it going and the numbers and the money. Also, maybe, who knows, maybe he's being affected by spooky energy that's going on. Oh, maybe maybe he was getting some, like, aggro director lady vibes or something. I didn't think about that. I just, Like, once he just turns into a constant sneer, it's like the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, he's just, like, beautiful, great smile, <laughs> cool guy. And then the rest of the movie's like, you stupid bitches, like, with his goddamn sneer, and he's just so mad. I hadn't considered that though. That could be because there was shit. Shit was happening over in his little tent. Yes, he would lose power, or his uh, screen would flicker, things like that. His little camper oven came on, like the flames shot up. And yeah, yeah, it was almost like more stuff was happening over there for a little bit than in the asylum itself. I hadn't thought. Okay, okay. Who knows? Um, but you know, you don't want them to die because you do like them, especially not Charlotte yeah because she is a fucking angel she has been to three of the seven scariest places on cnn's list (laughs) sorry freakiest places (laughs) but she tags the wall in the asylum with her name because she does that everywhere and then that is a little bit i immediately thought of like the haunting the original with the eleanor come home eleanor yep yeah the, the message changing the message changing and all of that because Charlotte gets really freaked out over that um, and feels like, oh no, now she's been cursed. She freaks out and wants to leave. At first, it's like there's a doll that somebody picks up and moves and she's all, Hachima! Hachima! Don't do that, right? I was so excited. I get, I still get such a thrill when I can understand things or like oh. when I can read the writing on the wall. Like I, I can so read proud. the graffiti. I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah. So everybody's like, just Charlotte, just chill out. You know, like, it's all good. We got to keep going with this. And she's like, I'll kiss <laughs> So she agrees, <laughs> agrees to keep going. But then she freaks out a lot and leaves. And Jihyun, her girlfriend. tomboy lesbian girlfriend, <laughs> goes with her. <laughs> I assume if they both survived that they would have started dating afterwards. They yeah, they to... run a business in Sedona now. Exactly. Thank you. Um, and we call them Moonsun. Um, <laughs> i got i did get like massive buell vibes yeah <laughs> so she tries to leave but they can't she ends up back inside they get blair witched they get blair witched they get back inside and that to me is the scariest scene when charlotte's in the room and it's it goes first person and you know i can't handle that and she's like moving the flashlight back and forth oh 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 i hate that in this big dark room and she's moving the flashlight back and forth and there's like a dead body on the other side just kind of standing there staring at her and she's like it's all quiet she's slowly moving the flashlight back and forth and you just keep waiting for something to happen it's the most deliberate slow turn of the camera with the flashlight beam to your right and then slowly back to the left where you know the dead body is. Oh. And then back to the right. And then back to the left where the dead body still is. It's awful. It's so scary. It's pretty scary. They end up separated. People die. Blah, blah, blah. Finally, 
the survivors, the couple of survivors end up, they get inside room 402. And then Ion says, Moon the Upsoyo. <laughs> There's no door. The floor is all wet. The ceiling is also wet. The ceiling is water. <laughs> The ceiling is also water. Maybe there's a hole in the ceiling. There's somebody up there. I don't know. Look, everybody dies, okay? Hajun decides he's going to go in there. These motherfuckers. What are they doing? They're ruining my live stream. So he tries to go in. He also gets killed. It's, uh, you know, the end. The director. I assume that was the director's ghost at the end. Uh, who we knew had hanged herself. And so we just see. We just see hanging feet in night vision. Like that levitating was cool. up to him. Isn't it so cool? And it's so quiet. I love that it's it's not like Wah! like it's just yeah. it's, like he's standing there looking outside and like the ghost appears behind him and just like quietly floats at him. And it's like backwards. So it's like the back of her like calves are bump- bumping up against him. And then it turns. And then you get the camera. He turns on the camera in front of him and switches the viewfinder around so he can look basically selfie view. And then there she is. Just like, this <laughs> so cool. What was it when he, before he runs in there, he throws up the drone to see what's happening mm-hmm. inside the, and then he, th- that shot is so arresting and upsetting to me. Where you just see like something in the window kind of, I couldn't tell if it was somebody being hanged. Right. Or th- yeah. It's like, you just see kind of a person sort of thrashing with their arms around their neck, maybe. Yeah. It also, I wondered if it was, if he was seeing himself. <gasps> that when he's, and then when he's up there, because there's a moment kind of before the ghost shows up that it feels like he has a moment of recognition, or like right as soon as she shows up, it feels like there's a moment of recognition almost. Yeah, he's like, oh shit. Because there's obviously weird timey stuff going on. Yeah. The Blair Witchy stuff. So it could have just been himself, but there was, it is really scary when there's like something in the window. Yeah. Yeah. That shot's very upsetting. <laughs> there's, there's quite a, quite a few upsetting things that happen. I enjoy them. It does do the typical, like, oh, they meet up and everything's great and they talk about what they're going to do and now we're all friends. We're meeting for the first time. We're all friends. Yay. And then they take the car right up there and they have a, a pit stop where they, go swimming yay i love them that's the best kind of found footage where it's like you actually like the people and or there there's some kind of a charm to it or something where you say oh no i know these people are probably all going to die i don't want that to happen this is why i like the first half of the evil things this is why I like, uh, well, besides the ending, when you find out that she's a witch, uh, they're watching the the House Hunters International <laughs> horror found footage parody. Like, when you just invest in, like, me getting to know people and just watching them live their lives. It's why I loved, loved the one that I didn't think I was going to love, the the Sisto one that we watched, the found footage. Hangman. Hangman. Because it's just me learning about family dynamics for two hours. And then something awful happens. But I'm like, I just want to see people exist. That's the bit. That's what makes the end of it or the last third or two thirds or whatever. That's what makes it really pop. It's like, because probably we've seen some variation of these scares before. But it just automatically raises the stakes when you actually don't. I mean, even in a regular horror movie and a straight up narrative, you know. Yeah, it helps to know who the people are. Like, 
how Charlotte reminded me a hundred times that she's been to the haunted doll island in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that about her now. And I know that she has a cool scarf. And I know that she has really nice handwriting with spray paint, which is not easy to do. And I love her now. There's also a moment like she uh, she says her family is in the states but she's in korea with her dance squad right but then there's the moment where they find the sign on the floor that says like for all the readers in the asylum or something it's like some inspirational quote about reading or something and it says that it's from park chung yi and they say that's surprising and Charlotte's like, who's that? And they're like, you asshole, it's the ex-president. His daughter is president right now. The, like, the small exchange just kind of like shows the difference in Charlotte's experience versus everybody else's experience. Like, right. Park Chung-hee was a dictator uh, in the 70s before he was assassinated. And like his daughter had just, I think probably they were still in production when she was president, but her his daughter became president and her her term ended in scandal and corruption. Oh, wow. This went right over my head. And so I think for them to say to her, like, you don't know who these people are? Like, I don't know. It was just a small moment that ultimately had no bearing on, like, but it also, Charlotte is the outsider. She's the one who, like, wants to leave first and they decide they're going to push her more because her exaggeration her reactions are so over the top and exaggerated Mm -hmm. and so she's kind of the odd person out in this little group i love that i love how they did that i don't know am i a true crime person i don't identify as a true crime person but i do get sucked into my documentaries every now and then like the staircase or the what was the one you told me to watch the woman with the man with the bomb evil genius oh yeah i get sucked into things like that every now and then and it's like to know about it is not but i think there's something different that happens when you like fetishize (laughs) when it becomes when it becomes like the murder porn basically it's just what is your entry point and what do you take from it when you start, when you want to buy all of the paintings that John Wayne Gacy did. Yes. I think that's a problem, quite frankly. Or where it's like, oh my God. I mean, I, I talked on this show, like, not that long ago about when I went to see the Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> death rock site in the swamp. Yeah, you did. Yeah, how is that different? How is that different? Is that different than buying a John Wayne Gacy painting? Well, yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't idolize Bonnie and Clyde. There were a couple of pieces of shit. I don't <laughs> yeah, think but one of them to... was played by Faye Dunaway. I know she had never looked better than she did in Bonnie and Clyde. Okay, and you For know what? Real. If I looked like Bonnie, if I looked like Faye Dunaway as she looked in Bonnie and Clyde, I would also be a fucking asshole. <laughs> That's I'll tell your you right. That right now. That's your right as a person that beautiful. Is to be a fucking <laughs> asshole. Okay. <laughs> But I don't idolize them. I'm not like humping the rock and like yeah. I gotta chip a piece off and like da da da. Yeah, it is marked with a big rock commemorating what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I making excuses? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh no, no. I'm just in for the conversation. I don't think you're making excuses. Well, all life is making excuses, though. Well, sure. You know we. Uh, we make excuses about the treatment of animals. We make excuses about labor. We make excuses about 
um, buying something on Amazon because it's easier and you need to get it that week. We make excuses, you know, we're constantly voting, continuing to vote in a, in a government that does not care about us at all, ever. <laughs> I mean, yes, we, we vote because we're trying to actually solve the thing, but it's like, or we could just eat them all. Right. <laughs> we make the we make the choice not to eat them all. So I don't know. It's it's everything is messy. Everything is complicated, and unfortunately, it's all gray. Yeah, I don't want to be like too morally superior. Like, well, I'm not. Yes, I watch 2020 murder stories, but I'm not like all those other people who like true crime. I'm not like the other girls. I'm not like the, I'm not like the other girls. <laughs> but I mean, but I do think there are different ways of interacting with this kind of material. I do think some people have a complete disregard for the actual victims of things. It's not to say that, but that's the thing too. It's like who, because, okay, there's two camps of people at a screening of maniac. And I, I've used this example because this happened in real life. And I am fascinated by this. I went and I saw maniac. I, I went because you urged me to. You said, if it's on 35 millimeter, go see it. And I was nervous because I, I I didn't know what to expect from the movie. But you It said, seems like a very notorious film. Yes. Right? When all you know about it is the image on the poster of a man with a giant bulge holding a scalped woman's head. Scalp. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he kills women and scalps them. Great. That's the whole movie. And so I go, I sit, I see the movie. My takeaway is, oh my God, this is a feminist film. And each woman that gets murdered is a tragedy and in the end you join with the you you know and then you the other experience that was happening in that room as i was watching it is there is a it was for a series and it attracts a very different audience than what i'm used to and this audience was laughing and going like yeah like every time a woman got murdered and scalped so but at the end of the day we're still who is the better audience member? Is there such a thing? We're both watching the same movie with women being murdered and scalped. Right, you both paid your $10 or whatever. Yeah, but I'm like, well, but the way I thought about it was appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had the right reaction. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like, well, that's just, that's just, oh, do I win moral points because of a thought? Because of how I performed publicly during a screening where no one was paying attention to me? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But how many times have you also had the same reaction that they had with a different movie? Yeah, I I will hoot and holler when Jason punches Julius's head off in Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Yes, I will go crazy. You know oh, what I mean? Like, like that fucking Spider Woman Queen and old, right? <laughs> when she's cave screaming and Gollum and arms are flying everywhere and bones are exploding and no, she's... when she's calcium click clacking down the fucking <laughs> cave hallway. I was hitting every surface nearby me because i couldn't do anything except uncomfortably uncontrollably flap all of my limbs it just everywhere screaming crying laughing at the top of my lungs rewound it a hundred times having the time of my life i watched angela run over that woman with a garbage truck and sleepaway camp three <laughs> You hear me? I'm going to camp today. And she gets run over with a garbage truck. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Was she not a perfect queen who did not deserve to be run over with a garbage truck? The woman in the wheelchair and children of the corn too. <laughs> right. Like, I don't think, like, there's a, 
I don't know. Like, there's always a line of like, spoiler alert. I just wrote a forthcoming column for Rumorg. Does everybody subscribe to Rumorg magazine? Rumorg Please do. Magazine. Keep print media alive. Or you can get the version for your computer e-reader, you know, the digital version. <laughs> they sell it at Hair Update. You can get it there. Uh, anyway, but keep keep let me pay my bills. Like keep buying Rumorg. Um I just like a forthcoming column is about severed heads and how much I love them. And this <laughs> this just the name of your new book yeah this stems from us watching zombie three during the re-retraining and thinking about that head that flew out of the refrigerator oh now look i have limited space in a column it's not like a podcast where i can just blather on until the cows come home and there's no one to stop me not even and if anthony tries i say you just saw me in los angeles you should have killed me when you had the chance (laughs) okay but even writing that column, I started to think like this severed head makes me laugh and I love it. And it's all I want. And it's what I want to be when I die. <laughs> this severed head is a tragedy. And it's like the way these things are approached by the filmmakers. It's something that we talk about all the time. Yeah. Is like, why is martyrs one thing and this other movie is right intolerable to me it's right the well the zombie three severed head versus severed head and high tension in the beginning right it's context it's narrative context it's it's choices in from the filmmakers basically yeah. right which is really the all the whole idea of morality in today's muddled confusing world right is it's all about what is your impact how like yes we're all going to die and everything will be obliterated and nothing means anything and except unless there really are in fact aliens like that whistleblower said and then that changes everything that i've just said i think but (laughs) we're all gonna die sure this is something i think about being a vegetarian yes i know i talk about this but like does any of it matter why not just eat the burger anthony we're all gonna die anyway but there's when we make choices we, we, I don't know, just thinking about what is our impact? How do we lessen our impact on other people and creatures? That's the only thing you can try to do. That's the only way that there is any sort of morality. But why does everything have to be a moral struggle? It's so... I, I could just sit and watch Terrifier and turn on my brain and have a good time. But I sit and watch it and I get so mad and so infuriated. I'm like, the people that watch this are sick. And then, you know, and then I sit down to watch... Um, uh, Monique almost murdered Candace on Real Housewives and I'm like I'm having the time of my life (laughs) so I mean uh, we're all jumping back back and forth over the line all the time I guess or maybe that's just me trying to make myself feel better but you can't I don't think you can be a moral purist a hundred million percent especially just being a horror movie fan because there's always going to be something that you enjoy that crosses your personal boundary. Yes. And, and there's no one-to-one. There's n- It's all case by case. There's no universal. There's no absolute. Perfect is the enemy of good, as they say. Yes. And this is why Ramona Singer is my favorite housewife. <laughs> <laughs> because she constantly has me asking myself questions about how I really feel about what she just did. <laughs> and why do I still love her? So I don't, Ganjam, I don't think is a questionable movie, except in 
perhaps the bigger picture knowing this is a real place or knowing yeah i had no idea about that that horror movies have a contentious relationship with the way mentally ill people are portrayed yeah simultaneously these same horror movies do it but horror movies do it explicitly in a way that is about death it is about you know but then like we have dramas that exploit these same kinds of stories oh sure or exploit or other mentally ill people well they do it for different like to try to exploit different emotions exactly a horror, a horror movie might do it to try to you know get you scared yes it's visceral M- meanwhile rosie o'donnell rides the bus with her sister <laughs> thank god she did sorry and it's, she's trying to win an award. To, what was the one? What was the one you told me about that I lost my mind? And it's by a director I really like. Who he did Freeway and Forbidden Zone. Richard Elfman. He also did that one with Casper uh, Van Dien, the vampire one that I needed to see with Natasha Lyonne. Uh, Twinkle Toes. Twinkle tippy, Toes. Tip, tippy Toes. Tippy Tip Toes. <laughs> tip Toes. Tip Toes. Tip Toes. Tip Toes. Um, Gary Oldman. Piece of plays, shit. Gary Oldman plays a little person. Yeah, and a Republican yes, from England who shouldn't be here. <laughs> he plays a little person. It is like fucking dwarf. Like, get out of your, put shoes on your knees. Like, this is what they did. And this was supposed to be the heartwarming, like, my fucking God. How does that actually exist? But that's the, the, this is, this is, and in comedies, comedies are constantly punching down. I mean, I really, I've been watching a lot of comedies from like the two thousand like the late nineties, two thousands. Oh, wow. You know, and everything was extreme back then. We were all trying any drug we could to get over 9-11 and Bush <laughs> yeah. and all of this, right? <laughs> the Iraq war and like just the sudden massive instability that was coming off of a relative time of peace and economic prosperity um the 90s and the comedies are so brutal like everything is so mean but also that's the shit i grew up with and to me it's the funniest stuff out there but it's like constantly punching down but i don't know i'm like thinking about it and i'm like but is it equalizing is it because they're so mean about everything and everyone that for me it makes it okay I don't know. That's the argument people have for like the Simpsons where people say like, oh, this character's accent is offensive. And they're like, well, the Simpsons is an asshole to everybody. Oh, yeah. Same thing with South Park. Like they're like, well, they've made fun of everyone. And that doesn't make it OK, because ultimately, like, who's running the show? It's like, well, it's rich white men. So but that's, this is when the question comes in about, well, what, who benefit from who benefits and why? Uh, which is, a, I think, a good litmus to look at these things. But. But yeah, I mean, every genre does. It's just horror is more, I guess, uncomfortable because it kind of, it confronts it more dead on, not to use a pun. In a, yeah, it's meant to disturb you. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like tiptoes or riding the bus with my sister isn't meant to disturb you. It's meant to inspire you, which is also, in a way, it's fucking more fucked up. Oh, inspiration porn, especially like when it comes to the treatment of the disabled, it's like profoundly dehumanizing. So I don't know. I did. I guess I didn't anticipate all of this conversation with this. I just I thought we were going to go into this and be like, this is scary. When we could have just talked about how that one lady gets possessed and goes. (laughs) That one lady? (laughs) Me and my lesbian heroette. This movie is full of babes. 
it's weird right it's It's silly like what is that choice that's just the one thing that i'm like that really yeah i know what you mean but this movie is full of babes it's scary this is uh co-written and directed by jumbum shik who did uh don't answer the door in horror stories understand suspense Mm Hmm. yeah i like this movie it's a good movie who knew it had so much um philosophical probably not the filmmakers <laughs> with all of that said stacy jane ponder are you ready to enter the bonus round i don't know am i let me think about it is it morally correct to enter into a bonus round when some people don't have any rounds at all who was impacted by harm and how (laughs) (laughs) Eh, sure i feel annoying why do you feel annoying well i don't know should that just like a movie you know what i mean it's stuff horror people don't talk about but like should i think especially bringing it i'm pointing out too that like we're uh, hypocrites hypocrites and fallible like i mean doesn't it not point to the human condition as a whole oh my god (laughs) right high-powered perception but for real i mean this is like a question i have when i'm watching terrifier and i'm like this is repulsive but then i go and watch something repulsive that i love right what's the you know it's but it should be asked it should be talked about i don't think there's anything annoying about that i don't think we need to worry about that well then i'll be annoying on the great value pyramid oh i love pyramid pyramid we uh have tasked ourselves with creating six categories uh we have one minute on the clock to perform the role of the clue giver who offers clues uh trying to get the other person to guess what the categories are without saying the categories themselves so you describe phrases names movies whatever you can try to get the other person to get the answer right if you get six of them in one minute which actually is a challenging task then you have won if you do not get them in one minute uh you know say you pass which you can do and you don't answer enough in time or whatever you're dead if you win and you have extra time on the clock it goes to the other person that's the only thing it's a fun game it's scary (laughs) it's fun i feel good about it today this does not sound like a mantra that you're convincing yourself of (laughs) no i feel good about it today i can do this i can give good clues i can guess answers it's all right it's okay (laughs) there's something to live for jesus told me so (laughs) you know what that's from tell me american movie you guys remember american movie oh oh my god from a million years ago yeah that's a great movie movie it's it's pretty old movie at this point you guys should see american if you if you're a horror fan or a documentary fan and you've never seen american movie my lord do you have a treat waiting for you oh my god i completely forgot having a moment yeah now i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this it's fucking great it's so good i don't even remember like any of it but i oh my god it's so good anyway all right pyramid who's 
on first. I don't know, and I don't care. You do not understand the question, and you will not respond to it. And I will not respond to it. That's right. Um, Well, in that case, how about I ask you first? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Put on your clue guesser hat. It's (laughs) called a wig. Terminology. Oh, it's called a wig. Thank you. <laughs> I did like in Gonjam Haunted Asylum when they find a wig. I thought, yeah. that was, I thought they made that there. They put that there for us. That's right. <laughs> okay, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, I've got six categories. Oh fuck, what are any of these? Um, okay, all right. Well, then, good luck. Three, two, <laughs> one. Oh wait, I need to get my timer there working again. Three, two, one. Uh, okay, um, Drew Barrymore, Jada Pinkett, Leave Schreiber. Well, people uh, in Scream movies. What was that? People in Scream movies? Scream. Uh, oh, people who die Drew first Barrymore. in Scream. Yes, okay, uh, Gonjam Haunted Asylum, Session 9. Fa- uh, uh, asylum based movies. Yes, uh, okay, um, um, Meg Ryan, um, uh, uh Jody the Pig, a Haunted people Clock. People in uh, Amityville Horror. Yes, okay, uh, 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 Aunt Anthony Hopkins, um, uh, fuck, um, uh, Edward Van Sloan. People have played Hannibal Lecter? Uh, oh, uh, pass. Okay, um, uh, Big John, Little John, Lindsay Wallace, um, no, oh, people in Halloween Bangs. Yes, people, yes, Danny Torrance, Wendy Torrance, um, uh, 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 Olivia Hussey in Black Christmas, um, Oh, people uh, with great sweaters? Yes! Uh, okay, uh, 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 shit. Oh, no! I accidentally hit stop on the timer for no reason! <laughs> what do we do? I think it was a minute. Do you think we made me a minute? I think I died. You got all of them, though, except the one that I couldn't think of anybody. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, Edward Van Sloan. Here, because I'm just I don't know who keep... Edward Van Sloan is. I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. You don't know who Edward Van Sloan is? No. Anthony Hopkins, Edward Van Sloan, <gasps> Lawrence Olivier. Um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Um, that cool woman that was the nun. <laughs> the sweetest what the nun. fuck? Is actors who played Van Helsing. Oh, you you know who might have tripped my brain? Peter Cushing. God damn it! I knew I was forgetting the biggest one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's okay. As I wrote the category, I was like, Peter Cushing, that's all you need to say. This is the terror of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Is I completely spaced that like other people than Anthony Hopkins, who is the least effective Van Helsing of all time. Yeah, and that was one where it's like these people are all very different and have never done anything together. What the fuck? But you did get the sweaters. You got the sweaters. <laughs> that's that's your beauty parlor brain, is it does function in terms of fashion plates. That's right. Not Van Helsing car- portrayals, but, no. Van, but but fashion plates, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it should have been. Well, I'm sorry I fucked that up. Oh, it's okay. Whatever. <laughs> you did it. That was a very admirable effort, though. That was good. For only hearing Anthony Hopkins and, and an actor you didn't know. Yeah. 
Edward Van Sloan, it must be said, played Van Helsing in the 1931 Todd Browning Dracula. But he also was the essentially the same character in The Mummy. But he also is the guy that comes out at the beginning of Frankenstein and does that weird prologue that's like, this movie is very disturbing. Or <laughs> whatever. Mm. Love Edward Van Sloan. Sorry, I don't watch old movies. I know they're gross and long. Anyway, okay, well... Uh, through a medium, I will provide you with clues for your journey to the top of the pyramid, since I'm dead, you know. I love that. Oh, that reminds me, I just saw the psychic, uh, the Fulci film that I loved is getting a a big fancy Severin Blu-ray. Ooh! Four discs! What? I said, does the psychic need four discs? What the fuck is on four discs? Anyway. Yeah, you said medium, that reminded me. Yeah. Now I see the connection. Yes. Well, you see it through the, <laughs> s- the spectral realm because you're dead. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everything is through the spectral realm. I died on June 4th at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, okay? It's all been Philip K. Dick ever it's since. It's all been a fever dream. Okay. Here we go, Anthony. Oh. Are you ready? Yep, go for it. Oh, okay, and your time starts. One, two, three, now. Uh, oh, uh, the initiation of Sarah. Uh, whoever slew Auntie Rue. Uh, Movies with Shelley Winters. Yes, ding, ding. Um, oh, uh, uh, turntable, a microphone, um, a wooden sign that gets wet, um, a plaid shirt. Um, okay, pass. Um, oh, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Let Jesus fuck you. Things Reagan says. Yup, the gig. Oh, it was things Stevie Wayne has. Yes. Uh, <laughs> short of, kind of, yeah. Um, okay, um, uh, oh, Christine. Um, Duel. That movie, Stephen King films. Stephen King uh, That movie with, um. Movies about cars. Yes, did they? cars. Uh, Martyrs. Uh, Epitaph. Psycho. Um, you're uh, the killer. Jaws, Jaws, Tentacles. Um, uh, one one word title. Yes, thank you. Oh! Oh! He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Demi. Demi, why I do this to you, Demi? Why you do this to me? Demi. Demi, Demi, please. Demi. <laughs> oh, you would have gotten that last one for sure. But you didn't, because you died. I was I, I was five five out of six? Five out of six, and you absolutely would have gotten the sixth one. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. The other one that you you oh, got... Questionably. Questionably. It was things in Stevie Wayne's lighthouse. Oh, there we go. Which, I mean, is probably another way to say this thing she has. Because she, I, unless she steals things and keeps them in her lighthouse, which would be cool if she did. Stevie Wayne is so fucking cool that she has a lighthouse. She has a lighthouse radio station. It <laughs> does not get any cooler. <laughs> well, we're both dead. We're dead. Let, I, I feel like, well, we've only done Pyramid, what, like twice or something since the bonus round became became around but it seems that yeah it's getting to five out of six is standard now yes but it's making that last that leap that's that's the challenge y'all you really don't have time to get anything wrong or to pass 
No. You got to get your shit together. Yeah. You got to be on the money. Okay? Yeah. You can't be off fantasizing about Mama Moo while someone is throwing clues at you. <laughs> That's his starry-eyed. Yeah. Thinking back to when Solar came out in that, that crop top. Anthony, please. I don't know. Honestly, everybody should be lucky that this show has continued. I'm not even kidding. That's all you think about, isn't it? Can you blame me? You No, I gasped. It's... <laughs> We gasped when she walked out. I think I clutched your arm. You did. I mean. And we both went. Absolutely like. Auga. Like my like. <laughs> fucking Tex Avery cartoon. My yeah. eyes popped full, out. Full mask. Full Tex yeah. Avery. Good lord. Who's benefiting from you watching her Stacy? Both of us. Yeah. She put it on and she said, you know what? You can take pictures of this as I <laughs> strut around and wear this on stage next to my wife. You're going to have to close out the show because I'm having an out-of-body experience right now. In the Ganjam Haunted Asylum of your mind, it's just <laughs> it's just Solar strutting around in that crop top. In shorts! It was like, it was like that Barbie that had abs. Oh my lord. Uh, Gaylordsofdarkness.com Y'all can find everything you've ever wanted or needed there. Is that true? I think it is, because we got Necronomologues. We got stickers. We got Suspiria bumper stickers. We've got all our episodes. You can find everything. Links to all our social media handles. We don't even need to tell you them, because all you do is go to Gaylords.com and if you want to go to the Twitter, you click the little bird. I'm staring off into space. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, Stacy is you brought her, it up. Her cliffside retreat in her 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 uh, <laughs> chair that I offer her strolls in. I have been to paradise, and now I am going to me. She's staring off into the sea in her chair. <laughs> and, and in a couple hours, I'm going to wheel her in and give her some nutritional paste. Thank you. It's the weekend. I also get slurry. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we'll be back next week. We saw Mama Moo in concert month. Will it continue next week? We'll see, won't we? I know. It's creepy again. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, 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 ha.